Welcome to the Person and the Power podcast with Pastor Tim Johnson, as he invites us to cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the Holy Spirit of the living and loving God. After 25 years of ministry, Pastor Tim's desire is that all of us would experience both the Spirit's transformational intimacy and the supernatural activity in our daily lives. Now, here's Pastor Tim. Hey, good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Wherever you are, I hope the sun is shining if it's that time of day that it should be shining. Now, if it's shining at 3 in the morning, you're in Alaska. (laughs) Anyway, um, I sure hope and pray you are doing well. And uh, I know we are in this kind of this gloomy time of season where the sun is not necessarily wanting to come out a whole lot. So trying to... um, yeah, trying to weather the storm of no sun for a few days in a row. Lots of I've heard I've heard lots of folk talk about. I think the term is sundowning, but it can affect uh, mental, emotional, uh, even spiritual. Kind of, kind of bring a shadow, if you will, um, kind of a, a darkness to to things. So, hoping and praying that you are enjoying whatever sun you have and whatever daylight you have enjoying it and soaking it in. So appreciate you so much in the support of the podcast, The Person and the Power, also the book. Um, We do have some additional copies. Um, We always have copies on hand to purchase, but you can still purchase those uh, on, um, uh, go to Amazon and order those yourself. But um, got them in a bookstore. Um, Got a friend of mine who put them in a bookstore and she sent me pictures of them in a bookstore. Kind of cool. Um, and uh, kind of very humbling. Still continues to be very humbling. Hope and pray you're still, if you're through, if you're working through the book or uh, these podcasts, hope they're blessings. I just hope and pray. That's my deepest desire, guys, is, is that all these avenues of, um, whether it's Devoted, the Tuesday um, video series, five, six minutes of devotion, uh, video devotion, whether it's uh, these podcasts on Fridays, whether it's the book, they just are leading you into a deeper understanding, a deeper relationship, and just a, a deeper, more profound um, understanding of who lives within you, the Holy Spirit of a living and loving God. So, amen. All right, we're going to jump in. We, I think we're going to wrap up Samuel, our time in Samuel. We're going to be skipping around for Samuel and Second Samuel. If we spent a lot of time last week on Saul, then we got to spend some time on David. Come on, we can't. We can't leave. I don't think we could leave the this area, this chapter, this uh, time of period of uh, period of time in the Bible without really focusing on on David. If we're going to focus a little bit last week on Saul, so this is a whole lot better than I think. This turns out better than last <laughs> last week's with Saul. Amen. But we'll start there and we'll go jump into David here pretty quick. So let's pray and we'll get going. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for whatever. Whether we are involved in right now, wherever we are from listening from, I do hope and pray it is indeed um, encouraging. And I, I pray we find our encouragement in the creator of the weather more than the weather. Weather is a big deal and weather does affect us. But oh, I pray that uh, this this podcast finds folk encouraged and uh, trusting in you. Uh, it does seem like there are certain seasons that we go through that are harder than others. It does seem like that so many times that we go through really hard times in our lives, and it seems like the hard times are harder than they used to be, if that makes sense. 
But I pray that we realize you're gooder than we even realized. You're better than we have ever imagined. And you are more powerful than ever before. So, Holy Spirit, would you fill us, flood us, even in this podcast, even in these next you know, 20 minutes or so, I pray, Lord, that you would really uh, meet us where we are, engage us, and help us, I pray, to be just profoundly grateful and profoundly aware of the relationship we have with with you, Lord. So, we love you. We thank you. We trust you as you lead us and guide us in uh, finding the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. In Jesus' your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. All right. Hey, so excited. The the first class of the eighth year of Joshua Center begins this coming Saturday. So if you're listening to it on Friday, February the 2nd, then February the 3rd is our Joshua Center class. I'm so pumped. It's going to be uh, this whole year. We're looking at hermeneutics and homiletics, and we're looking at how to interpret the Bible and how do you share what you've interpreted. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of work, and a lot of, but a lot of in, a lot of engaging. I think fun to uh, to do the to do these kind of studies together. So whether it's online or in person. So if you are interested in more information about the Joshua Center, it is truly anointed by the Holy Spirit. It certainly has the hand of God all over it. And you can talk to Jeannie Badel. She's the executive director of the Joshua Center or I can point you in the right direction. So let me know. All right, so let's start kind of where we left off kind of last week. So if you go to 1 Samuel 16, verse 14, we talked about this verse last week, that the Spirit of the Lord left Saul, and the Lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear. Again, reading from the New Living Translation of 1 Samuel 16. So again, we we ended kind of our time there. If you remember uh, some of the saddest words, I think, in Scripture, uh, the Spirit of the Lord left Saul. And not to get into a theological uh, debate or discussion about can the Spirit of God leave you now, um, I do believe there's enough biblical evidence to suggest possibly. So, But again, the, the challenge was let's live a way where even if it's possible, let's make sure that that doesn't happen to us. We, let's live a life of such intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit that the Spirit of God will never leave us. Amen? I think we can all agree on that. So let's look one verse from there, one verse up. So we left off last week at 1 Samuel 16, 14. Now let's start this week with 1 Samuel 16, 13. So we'll read the verse. You'll know the context. You already know the context if you know anything about 1 Samuel 13, if you know anything about David, if you know anything about 1 Samuel 16, if you know anything about David and his life, you already know the context. We'll point out a couple of really cool things. Again, this is finding the Ruach HaKadosh in the Old Testament. Spirit of God, Spirit of the Lord. Uh, and, and honestly, it's, it's more translated Spirit of Holy. So uh, Kadosh is holy. So when Isaiah sees the Lord and the train of his robe fills the temple, he sees uh, the incredible vision in Isaiah, in Isaiah 6, what we're studying right now in our Bible studies here at Firmer's Chapel. Then when you hear the cherubim and seraphim singing, Holy, 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 they are saying, Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. And so, uh, Kadosh uh, uh, and, and Ruach is, and we're going to have some fun with that word because it has actually three definitions. And we're going to see all three definitions at play here uh, today. So, but first, 1 Samuel 16, 13. So, as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. 
And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Love that verse. From that day on, especially that part right there. What that means is, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David at that moment and never left him. So how apropos, sadly so, but how apropos is it that the very next verse speaks about what? The Spirit leaving someone. Isn't that, see how the, see the beautiful biblical irony of this? So he, in that verse, in, that he, in the way that Hebrew is written, it basically means, and the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on and never left him. Very next verse. Now the Spirit of the Lord left Saul. Wow. I love that transition. It's sad for Saul, but it's also very, very poignant for us to understand and really, I think, critical for us to understand the huge difference of the Spirit of God leaving and the Spirit of God staying forever and and came powerfully. Now, you know the story, one of my favorite parts of the story about Samuel being, um, or David being anointed to be king is, of course, um, you know, Samuel comes, he sees the, the sons of Jesse, right? And, um, and as he sees the sons of Jesse, he, he looks at them and he says, Man, this, this, look, look at how big they are. This, this has to be the one. <laughs> and each time, the Lord said, nope, 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 nope. And so finally, um, in verse 10, um, verse 11, Samuel says, are, all, are these all the sons you have? And, um, um, and so again, these are all seven sons that were there at home. And, and uh, Jesse says, well, they're still the youngest. And you can even read into it this, this hesitation. Uh, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats, meaning he's not worthy to be here. He's certainly not your king. Sin for him at once, Samuel said. One of my favorite verses in the entire Old Testament. And one of my, I've preached on this and spoken on this many times because he says that he's not done yet. Sin for him at once, Samuel said. This is verse 11. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. Why won't they sit down to eat until he arrives? Now, you got to understand, if, 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 if David is watching uh, sheep and goats, then there, he's not in the backyard. It's not, you know, open the screen door and say, hey, Davy, come inside. Nope. You're going to have to send a messenger. And that messenger is going to have to go over some hills and valleys and, 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 and floods and plains and get to David. And say, hey, your, your, your daddy wants you. And then he's going to have to come all the way back. So it could be as long as an hour or two of a wait. So not only could they not eat, they could not sit down. I ask this question all the time. Why? 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 Would Samuel not allow the father and the brothers, the older brothers, all older, why would he not allow them to sit down? Because a king was about to come into the room. <laughs> Woo! My favorite. It's one of my favorite things. You just got. You don't miss that. Don't miss that in the readings. And and um, so there's this anointing that's going to happen. This anointing of oil and spirit. And I wonder. Uh, so I'm guessing most of you are familiar with anointing of oil, correct? If not, I would invite you to get 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 used to that or experience an anointing with oil. Um, now, the anointing with oil, of course, here is a pouring of oil over the head, dripping down. But an oil anointing for, you know, what we do at Firmer's Chapel, if you're a part of it, uh, a lot of times put it on my hands, and I'll, I'll, I may rub it all over my hands and place my hands on your head. Sometimes I'll put it on the sign of a cross on your forehead, your hands. But oil has always represented two or three different things in Scripture. Oil has always represented the Spirit. Oil has represented healing, 
Anybody out there need in need of some kind of healing? Physical, emotional, mental, spiritual? Uh, it's also the oil of joy. Oil represents joy. And so I would invite you, if you've never been anointed with oil, um, it's not a legalistic thing. It's not some magical charm potion. But as you allow yourself to be anointed with oil, allow yourself to be filled more with the Spirit. Amen? And, and just see what God does. But again, the heart, the heart, the heartbeat of 1 Samuel 16 is, And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Say, from that day on. What it means? He never left him. All right? Amen, amen. All right. So let's jump all the way ahead to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel. Let's start with 22. We're going to end with, uh, verse, we're going to end with chapter 23. But let's start in chapter 22. And in chapter 22, you will find an old David. Uh, this is an old David. How do we know that? Because chapter 23, is, those are his final words before he dies. So this is his final song of praise, if you will. Uh, love this song of praise. We could go over it. We could spend a lot of time um, just reading uh, over it um, and just really in, just embracing it. But I want to make sure I point out two specific words. I've said before, and if you've done some study with Ruach, Ruach is the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for what we're looking at for these next several, the last several weeks, the next several weeks. Spirit. Ruach is the Hebrew word for spirit. So Ruach HaKadosh. It's basically spirit of the holy or spirit of the holy one. And so Ruach HaKadosh is the Holy Spirit. And so, um, so, but it also has two different definitions. And we're going to see those at play here. It's kind of interesting because we're going to end with Ruach meaning Holy Spirit. But in between here, as, as David launches into this song of praise, led by the Spirit, we believe, um, and, and we find in verse 1 why he's singing this song of praise. He sings the song of praise on the day the Lord rescued him from all his enemies and from Saul. So this is the song he sings. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me and my place of safety. He is my refuge, my savior, the one who saves me from violence. I called upon the Lord who is worthy of praise and he saved me from my enemies. If I'm not going to read the whole song of praise, we've got some other things we need to accomplish here in the next 10 minutes or so. But I want to invite you, if you or if you're in need of rescue, if you're in need, uh, we know this. I, I just posted this on Facebook today, or uh, you know, I just put it on Facebook. Um, we've known it for years, but it's real. It's true. Uh, praise that comes from a place of pain or a season of pain has a special place in God's heart. Praise that comes from a place of pain, a season of pain, comes. It has a special place in God's heart, and and this is what we see. We see David taught us this. Come on, I mean, he was chased by Saul. He was, um, I mean, he brought upon some things on himself, right? Can anybody say Bathsheba? But but he he. But for the most part, a man not only after God's heart, but that real deep dive into the Hebrew, a man after God's heart truly really means a God, a man with God's heart. So he didn't have to go after God's heart. He already had God's heart. And so, but anyway, um, all this to say that, 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 that David was, he learned how to praise God, right? In his deepest pain. And here he is, you know, uh, singing out the rock to the rock, to the fortress, to my protection, to my savior. 
in some of his deepest, deepest pains because God had rescued him. So if you need rescue today, I invite you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, sing a song of praise. Amen? If you're in need of rescue today, of anything, physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental, would you allow the Holy Spirit to so fill you, to fill you so that you would sing a song of praise? Because praise uttered in the season of pain I think holds a special place in God's heart. So we see Ruach uh, in verse, first of all, we see Ruach in verse 11. Look at this. Uh, David, this is the New Living Translation. He's still singing this song. Mounted on a mighty angelic being, he flew, soaring on the wings of the wind. That word wind is one of the definitions of Ruach. So again, we know Ruach to be spirit. We also know Ruach to be the wind. And so now that really transliterates well to the Greek because the Greek word for spirit is pneuma, pneuma, where we get, it means breath, but it also means wind and air. And we know pneumonia to be a disease of the lungs from which we breathe. So um, pneumonia is a disease that keeps us from breathing. We, put, we hope and pray that we, none of us have spiritual pneumonia, that we are breathing in the spirit of God each and every day, that none of us are suffering from a spiritual pneumonia and that the pneuma of God, the the wind of God, the breath of God is flowing freely within you. But here he is, he's talking about this, and this this image that God is riding on an angelic being, a seraphim, maybe a cherubim, and this, you you know what seraphim means, seraphim means a burning one, one who's on fire. Can you imagine God riding a, an angel who's on fire and he's soaring on the wings of the wind? And I wonder if, just wonder, if that is a, a, an allusion to the power of the Holy Spirit, um, you, know, you know, causing God to, to come and rescue, uh, uh, enabling you know, the power of God you know, to rescue David from his deep distress. So, so here we go. Uh, the last one uh, that we see in verse in chapter twenty-two, or yeah, chapter twenty-two. Before we move on to uh, chapter twenty-three, is in verse sixteen. Just a few verses later, David's still singing. Then, at the command of the Lord, at the blast of His breath, you already know this, right? At the blast of His breath, you already know. We've talked about this. We just mentioned this. Another Hebrew, another word that ruach can mean: spirit, wind, and yep, breath. So at the command of the Lord, at the blast of his breath, the bottom of the sea could be seen and the foundations of the earth were laid bare. That's a mighty breath. So when I hear breath, uh, when I think of breath, I think of a couple of different things. Spirit of God was, you know, I think creation, obviously at the creation of uh, at all creation, the Trinity was there, of course. At creation of man, Trinity was there. It was a Trinitarian creation, act of creation. And, and because scripture says that the Lord breathed his breath into the, 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 into, the, into the nostrils of man, and then he became, he, he became alive. I don't think we have to go very far to see where Jesus walks into a room of scared disciples on that Sunday resurrection night, and he breathes his breath on them and says, clearly, receive the Holy Spirit. I don't think we have to, I don't think that's a far, I don't think that's a, a logical or an unbiblical extrapolation of, of, the, of what happened here. So the breath, absolutely, I believe the breath is, is the Holy Spirit here working. And uh, by, the, by the power of the Holy Spirit, 
God commands things. This beautiful Trinitarian model. All right. All right. Let's finish up with verse 20 or chapter 23. So these are David's last words. So we believe David to be um, obviously uh, at the end of his life here, his last words, an old man. And the last words, uh, I love how he starts. He reminds the reader and maybe himself who he really is. Look at this. Four things. Uh, Again, reading from the New Living Translation, chapter 23, 2 Samuel 23. These are the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, speaks. So he's the son of the very father who didn't even want, didn't even remember him. Of the eight sons, told Samuel he had seven, basically. Oh, we have another one, but David, the man who raised up so high, who was raised up so high. So who raised him up? Obviously God. And so David realizes how bottom he was. So he says, David, the man who was raised up so high. Well, he was at the bottom. You, don't, you can't get raised up high if you're high. You, you're raised up high when you're low. So he was low. God raised him up high. David, the man anointed by the God of Jacob. He knows the God of his ancestors and he knows his own God. He knows the God and he knows his anointing. Not just of oil. Come on. His anointing of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question. We wrap up here in about four minutes. but let me, let five, Four or five minutes. Let me ask you a question. Are you anointed? What does that mean for you? I want you to wrestle with that. Are you anointed? I know we save that for different people. Man, that was an anointed preacher. That was an anointed worship team. Are you anointed? Why or why not? What what goes to your mind when you hear, are you anointed? Be careful shrugging that off. Be careful saying, ah, no. Why aren't you? If you don't think you are, why aren't you? And are you sure you're not? What does anointed mean to you? I really hope and pray you struggle with that one. I really do. All right. And then David, the sweet psalmist of Israel. He's the songwriter. He knows what he is. He knows he's not a, he's not a warrior first. He's a worshiper first. Come on, say that again. He's not a warrior first. He is a worshiper first. And then we get to the verse, verse two. The spirit of the Lord, Ruach HaKadosh, speaks through me. I want that to be my prayer. Come on, guys. I want that to be true. Listen, 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 it goes on to say in verse 2, His words are upon my tongue. Come on. Isn't that our prayer? The Spirit of the Lord speaks through me. His words are upon my tongue. Oh my gosh, I pray. Ruach HaKadosh, speak through me. Ruach HaKadosh, may your words be upon my tongue. May my tongue never wag or never waggle or never move without you being the impulse of it. May you, Holy Spirit, be the one that uses my tongue in preaching and teaching, in podcasts and in everyday life, the way I treat, the way I talk to my wife, the way I talk to my kids, the way I talk to a stranger, the way I talk to the people I don't like, the way I talk to people who have hurt me, the way I talk back to God, the way I talk to just in my own mind, in my own way of talking, in my own private life. Lord, Jesus, send forth your spirit to speak through me. And may his words, the spirit, this is the Spirit's words. May the Spirit of the Lord speak through me. And may the Spirit of the Lord's words be upon my tongue. That is a prayer among prayers. Come on. You know how many times the tongue is mentioned? All you got to do is go to James, right? The famous chapter about tongues is like that the tongue is like a, a bridle of a horse that can't be bridled. It, it literally is, a, is like a little flick your bick of hell. It's, it's, it's this fire starter of hell. That's what, this, that's what James says. It's, it, it's, it's, it starts fires. And why? Because it, its fuse is, is based in the, in, the, in the pit of hell. I mean, that's what James is saying. James is saying any man 
um, I mean, basically all throughout Scripture, but any man who can't control his tongue is found lacking in, in, in our Christian maturity. Uh, so what if our prayer was, Holy Spirit, speak through me. Holy Spirit, may your words always be upon my tongue. He goes on, uh, the God of Israel spoke, the rock of Israel said to me, there's a colon. So here's what the Holy Spirit said. The one who rules righteously, who rules in the fear of God is like this light of morning at sunrise, like a morning without clouds. Guys, we talked about the sundowning. We talked about here in this part of Indiana, we've been uh, kind of uh, all, we've been sucked into this canopy of clouds for the last several, several, several days. But imagine this bright, brilliant uh, uh, morning without clouds, like the gleaming of the sun or on new grass after rain. Is it not my family God has chosen? Yes, he has made an everlasting covenant with me. His agreement is arranged and guaranteed in every detail. He will ensure my safety and success. But the godless are like thorns to be thrown away, for they tear the hand that touches them. One must use iron tools to chop them down. They will be totally consumed by fire. Two thoughts really quick. Number one, this is both a prophecy to David as a human king, and it is a prophecy pointing to another king. Think about it. These are prophecies for both man king and a divine king. These are prophecies to both the covenant with David's family and to all of Israel. This points toward David, but more importantly, it points to a coming king. Amen? The Holy Spirit uses a king, small k, to speak about and point to a king, large k. Amen? Get it? Got it? Good. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to anoint your words so that they always point to King Jesus? I'll ask that again. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKadosh, to anoint your words so that they always point to King Jesus? Be blessed. Be anointed. Pastor Tim is the co-founder and teaching director of the Joshua Center a leadership training ministry which provides deep biblical roots to great movements of God. He's also the senior pastor of Firmers Chapel, a country church by a creek, reaching 13 countries on four different continents for Jesus and his kingdom. Join us next time as we grow deeper in the person and the power.